Hi, I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In the Moment, a podcast on acting, art, and life. In this series, I'm talking to AMAW alumni, students, and clients about the challenges of acting and the joys of creating in the 21st century. For more information, go to anthonymindel.com, or you can also find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. I hope you enjoy. In this episode, Tony interviews actor Echo Callum. He shares stories of his life from growing up in the projects to starring as Mr. Terrific on The CW's Arrow. This episode gets deep. They discuss all things from acting to family, politics, race relations, and much more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to In The Moment Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Mindel. I don't ever say that. so weird. (laughs) Well, anyway, it's my podcast. I can do whatever I want. Uh, I'd like to welcome our latest guest, Echo Callum. This is where we hit the applause. Yes. Thank you. You may know him on, uh, wait, Era. Yeah. Yes. As Mr. Terrific. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You are a terrific guy, actually. Thank you. You are an upstanding citizen. (laughs) Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate that. You know, I feel like I can't use the word terrific without people rolling their eyes anymore. Oh, really? Because it's my character. Yeah. That's terrific. Okay, great. Um, But, yeah. But that's your superhero character, because on the show you're Curtis Holt, right? And then you transform into... Wait, wait, what's your power? His power is just... He's super smart. In the comic books, they say he's the third smartest person in the world behind Lex Luthor and Batman. Okay. Um... We're not including like Brainiac and all those people outside of Earth. Okay, we're just talking about Earth, smartest people. Uh, but he like can pick up any ability instantly. Uh, he has a photographic memory. You know, he's just he creates all this technology that helps and abets him and whatever he's trying to do. He has these specific piece of technology called T spheres. Okay, which are these floating um, metallic balls. Okay, they have a T on them. They can levitate go do tasks they can have like you know um lasers emitted from them or oh, take out technology he can fly with them you know what i'm saying okay. so in the comic books they can like he can even open up different dimensions and whatnot so he's like a extremely intelligent oh, we need that in this area, yeah don't we we do yeah 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 and it's so cool that you know he's this really awesome badass you know black comic book supremely intelligent you know uh Human and it's really cool, like an honor to even get to play to any play version it. of them. Yeah. Well, so what was that like stepping into? Because it's the DC universe, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a big comic book expert, so I, mm-hmm. I may uh, make mistakes. But um, right, no, no so what was that like? Like, did you read a lot of? Did you know of? Yeah. Well, I read. Or? I knew of them before, but I had never read any of his comics. Okay. I had maybe maybe seen them in some. Justice Society okay. stuff that yeah. just reading like randomly, yeah. um, but once I auditioned for the role, I knew they were interested in me. I, first of all, the audition they said nothing about him being a character who's just this nerdy guy who whatever and have the lines. And then after I, I auditioned, they really liked me. Yeah, uh, the, the producers came in obviously, okay. and then they told me like this guy will become Mr. Terrific, and I was like, whoa, because I was familiar with Mr. Terrific. I was like, wait a minute. Because I was thinking, like, the dude with the T-Face. Like, holy crap. And then I went out immediately. <laughs> went to the nearest <laughs> comic store. Yeah, I, <laughs> there was the comic store, like, Melrose. And I, like, was like, I need everything. It was terrific. Oh, so I got, like, God. mind games and some more JSA stuff and whatnot. And um, So you went in originally just playing, like, Curtis Holt character. Like, just a regular... Yeah, for the audition. Unquote, yeah, just moral kind of nerdy, yeah, moral yeah, yeah. type of character. Okay, cool. Yeah, who was, like, a companion for Felicity. Okay, who was yeah. on the show. yeah. Um, and that's pretty much where he started off and then he started, they put little Easter eggs in season four and whatnot. And then season five actually became a hero and like started suiting up and I even got like two different suits and whatnot, like my kind of scrub suit. Then my like, all right, I'm ready suit, you know? Um, and then, you know, the last just three years been playing them it's been just a ton and does, of fun does that feel when you get the suit on that you like it feels very empowering super power yeah oh sure, man right? it's so empowering it's like a Halloween costume in yeah like you, yeah you totally sort of I went to our Halloween party as a girl from Glow <laughs> <laughs> which one Alice is, uh, Alice Brie's I went as uh, not Alison Brie but as uh, 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 Liberty Bell. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would show you a photo, but it's very scary because oh, I'm not a very attractive woman. But <laughs> what I discovered is 
you know, like I just, I kind of became Liberty Bell. You kind yeah. of like, sometimes costumes can kind of like really help you go far with the attitude and yeah. the like commitment to something. Absolutely, you know I mean? yeah. yeah. That's why I love Growling shows so much. Oh, yeah. because they just commit 1,000%. Yeah. And it's, and they like, to so the costumes down to the, yeah, it's very character driven. Very that, character right? driven. Yeah. Um, Did you do Groundlings? Yeah, okay. I studied yeah. Groundlings. Okay. I, I never uh, finished, basically, when I finished Writing Lab, I had a little break, but then I got Arrow, and then I was up in Vancouver shooting 10 months out of the year, so I was just Whoa. like, I can't do Writing Lab. I can't do advanced study, rather, anymore, because I passed but Writing why, Lab. Why do you guys shoot so long? That's a long... It's a long... How 23 many episodes? 23 episodes. Well, this episodes. year's 22, Whoa. but it was 23 episodes. On a series that does action sequences, stunts, That's right. whatnot. So you're looking at eight, nine day shoots, Whoa. you know, and yeah. then breaks and holidays and all stuff like that. So yeah. it literally just takes about nine a and a half months to shoot Whoa. all 23 of those episodes. So it's just like, and then you, you put in a crossover in the mix and that expands. So, you know, yeah. we, we would start off shooting basically like July 5th uh-huh. and finish up like April 20th Whoa. on average. Like that's every a, year, yeah. I mean that's a long time to be away. Yeah, I mean, but you, we were talking at the studio the other day. You would come down on the weekends, or like, cause yeah, I would have my daughter uh-huh. on the weekends, uh, and, and my girlfriend, you know, and I would come back, and or uh, they would come up there, or uh, my daughter would come up there. My daughter and my ex would come up there, probably season four, season five. Okay, but then season we split up, and then so season six, I, you know, I was just there was still stuff I was doing in here. I was writing and whatnot, right. so. I would just fly back on the weekends because okay. it's just easier that way. I can see my daughter, I can see my writing partner, yeah. and then I can just like get work done, see my girlfriend. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I, I pretty much just flew back every weekend wow. as much as I could, and sometimes I'd only be back Saturday. But that's on your dime. That's on my dime. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. It, it costs. I, <laughs> yeah. I became platinum in a lot of airlines. Okay. Yeah. My biggest, <laughs> not my biggest, but a huge mistake was not. I didn't join oh, any of the things one. until. I join all of them. Oh, you have well, to join you every single one. If, yes. if if you're trying to, but I see what you mean. I join one, become yeah, yeah, yeah. a platinum member, yeah. and yeah, take yeah, yeah. all those perks yeah. and all that stuff this like that. <laughs> but I had to find like different because I'm like I, I'm not a type of. I fly a lot of business class, but not because I'm paying you know the outrageous upcharge of yeah, business yeah, class. Yeah. I'm fine with economy plus. Like yeah. that's I'm like economy plus is good. I get a little light room. I, I knock out on flights like that, like okay. very quickly. You're one of those. Uh, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it, it's usually hard for me to stay up on a flight. Like, I'm like, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read my script, and I'm right. gonna, you know, I'm just not all like, I'm like, oh man, we're here already. Um, but, you know, it was, it was, it took a toll. All that flying, it, it, it really. Well, it's a good thing it was only two hours away. Yeah, thankfully, the same time zone, away. three yeah, yeah. hours, six hours door to door was basically it. Okay. Six hours from door to door. a lot. Yeah. But yeah, when you're doing you know, twice a week or sometimes even four times a week, depending on how the schedule was, especially this last season, I I was coming back probably more often than not because there's, I love the city of Vancouver, but it's just something about the rain that kind of just, when it's just constant and bearing down on you and then you're just marching off to work and then you're coming home and you just, there's something about it that gets you kind of just in this like kind of lethargic slash depressing kind of, Mood. Well, it's seasonal disorder. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. So I would just want to come back just to get a little bit of sunshine sun or sun rays. And I don't mind water in LA because I'm like, oh God, we were in a drought. Oh my God, know, please. Like, that would be brutal. Seven years. Yeah, so I'm like, bring it on right, yeah. right now. I'm like, oh yes. Uh, but LA has that, for me, it has just the um, replenishing factor. So that's why I was willing to pay the money to come back and not on top of the fact my daughter and, you know, responsibilities and writing and stuff like that. Although, like, Vancouver is like, a little bit... I mean, they call it Hollywood North, but I'm sure you saw lots of people up there you knew all oh, the time. Oh, yeah. Tons, it's crazy. Like, tons. I, I have so many students that are filming shows up there. Yeah. So it's like... Uh, like they're up there for six months or like you're up there for nine months yeah, it's yeah. so crazy to me a lot of people fly back though oh, that's yeah. the one thing yeah. I know is a lot of people get out of town on yeah. but well, there true. there's a, a huge contingency who stays though but I feel like once you're on a show for about unless your full life is out there I think yeah. it's different if your partner's out there your yeah. children are out there then you stay you know what I'm saying but if you have a partner who's working elsewhere or children elsewhere or home back in LA or stuff like that or you know you probably fly 
back and forth. Did you stay? Did they put you up at the Sutton Inn? For the first year, yeah. yeah. But then you have to get your own place after that. But yeah, <laughs> I was at the Sutton. Yeah. Were. Oh my god. Yeah. I, I started doing the the Loden, which okay. is like this other little trendy little spot. Okay. Um, just because the Sutton just became too much of a like revolving. Look at me, Hollywood. like who's here? Yeah, you know yeah, that yeah, type of thing. Totally, yeah. Even though the benefit of that is you never know who you'll meet and what connections you you know make True. and talking about projects and you're talking to a producer. You know, you never yeah. know. So that was a the networking aspect of it is good too. In the hotel elevator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just so we I've had some very interesting experiences at the Sutton for sure. Yeah. It's kind of a historical place in that regard, right? Oh yeah. Like, but so wait, after then your first year then do you did they pay for your housing or do you have to like no they give you one give relocation you fee uh-huh. like when wow. you first come on and that's it it's wow. not like yearly okay and it's I think with the latest contracts it might have got bumped up a little bit uh-huh. which would be great but it's 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 nothing you so know it's so tiny like to live in a decent spot in Vancouver housing is yeah, expensive. expensive you know you're talking. Yeah, yeah. 20, my first year, I had a, a little loft in Washington. It was awesome. It was great. 2500 a month, you know, yeah. for a one-bedroom. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah, like... that's expensive. Very expensive. And those prices have only went up yeah. since 2015. Whoa. You know, 16. And also, you're not spending... It's not like you're on set all the time. It's not like you're there a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. So that is an expense. I think it's interesting because it's sort of like, you know, nowadays for actors, like a local hire job. Like, you know, if somebody is gets cast in a show that's filming in Atlanta let's say yeah. you know the, and the actor gets books and they say they're a local hire they have to fly themselves yeah, to Atlanta, take care of themselves day. off and, and you know it's, it's great for the studios great for the oh my God. corporations yes. they're saving tons of money not so great, not for, so the great for the actors actor. yeah. it's mm-hmm. always fine they always find a way to like oh, swindle yeah. the actor a little oh, bit yeah. you know what I mean like who can we which is why I always I wish I just wish Tell me we what would you go. Wish. I wish that <laughs> actors and everyone would just go on strike for two years. I know it would be tough. I know we would be struggling and whatnot. But what we would get after that two years to get actually what we deserve would yeah. be worth every single struggle we had to deal with in two years. Well, it's interesting because the last strike I remember was like in like 2000. Or yeah. there might have been one in the... It's like 55 days or something like that. Yeah, it was yeah. a big one. But, yeah. Like, but yeah, it is interesting to me that the union, in ways that seem obvious, that they would like, yeah. you know, sort of try to petition for the actor they don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. And things that to me don't always seem to be as important. But I'm not into the, you know, I'm not in the, the daily bureaucraticness yeah. of it all. But like that's something that to me seems like... I think what's fascinating about like corporations and um, I don't want to say producers, but like, yeah, corporations know that any actor is going to want to get the job. So they, that's why they sort of farm it out to the lowest bidder in a way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I didn't know this. Like I used to work commercially a lot and I don't, I just not interested anymore. But Mm -hmm. when I, I met with two of my good casting director friends who have worked in the commercial casting world forever and they're saying now like 50% of the things that they cast are are all non-union stuff and I was yeah, like oh my I god about that like too. beer commercials because basically like in my day no way all beers and cars and all oh, that yeah. stuff was always SAG always. but now like they just they, they can find actors who will do the work at yeah. a non-union rate yeah and but I remember even back then that that the percentage of a budget that the actors and the union fees was only 1%. Yeah. So that just goes to show you. Directors get 10% no, of no, every budget. No, it's crazy, right? So if you got a $2 million budget, I get two hundred. I get $400,000. That's that's great. That's a, that's a union. That's yeah. like, we know really our value. You, we know... Yeah. And they are valuable. Directors are very valuable. They, they, they're involved in so many... P- I started director business, so I'm not knocking directors <laughs> out. But they're involved in so many facets and pieces it's just, I look at unions like the NBA, Players Association. Yeah. They have revenue sharing. Their players have to get yeah. 51% of all the revenue. Whoa. Period. And then the owners get the other 49%. Uh-huh. So when they sign oh, a $9 yeah. billion dollar deal for TV rights, all the players, that's why you see $209 million contracts signed by Steph Curry and okay. whatnot. Right? So I wish that we would just be like, 
We need revenue sharing. We need to look at the books. We need to know exactly what's happening. And we need to spread that across. Now, it's a ton of actors out there, so I get that it'll have to be spread and we wouldn't be making $209 million contracts. Right. Yeah. But the NFL has that. I just think it's something where maybe it's some type of thing where writers, directors, and actors, you know, because without those pieces, you are not having any of this art out no, there. It's, so like, true. it's just not going to You're happen. not part of the pie, yeah. are you? Especially for, like, work-a-day actors, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. celebrities can still negotiate, like, mm-hmm. a percentage of the back end or something like that. And, yeah. You know, so I don't know. It is interesting. Although the NFL, might, somebody was telling me yesterday, my boyfriend, actually, yeah. was <laughs> telling me the NFL used to be a non-profit. Did you know that? Yeah, I like that because they were getting so many tax breaks and incentives. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a whole other story. Yeah, (laughs) it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, from nonprofit status to Colin Kaepernick to like, I mean, don't get me started. But like, I have very strong reactions about all of that. Yeah, I I tuned out of the NFL this year. I mean, I, I started watching a little playoff games, but I wasn't the type of person who's like every week go Bears, you know, like, um, but. After, when when they passed the thing that said you can stand in the locker room or you have to stand, they revoked it eventually. But with that, I was like, I'm done. Like, I am done with this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I have friends, very close friends, African-American friends who were like, against that. They're like, Man, what, like against Colin Kaepernick and stuff yeah. like that. And I'm like, I mean, you know, it's, you know, we're all just having discussions about it. But I'm just like, I just don't like the way they think they can treat people. You know, and just... I don't know. It's just different how well, like, they treat it. <laughs> I mean, I was watching the game yesterday, the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. This, this is the day after the Super Bowl. And I was just thinking, like, because there is such a strong correlation between head trauma and, is it CET, whatever, the, yeah, the, yeah. the concussion? CTE. CTE, CTE, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's so interesting. Is it really worth the victory now that in 30 years from now, some of those players will yeah. have Parkinson's or have some form of dementia or, yeah. I mean, that's conclusive. There's, yeah. it is attributable to how many head crashes, you know? Yeah. It's scary. I mean, you even see Donald Trump said he wouldn't want his son to play oh, really? football during the, during the interview before football. Like, said that. That's the most intelligent thing he's, he's, he's ever said. Probably. That's actually the most compassionate. <laughs> that's the most, I have to look that up. Yeah. He's talking about Baron Trump. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, right? Okay. But it was something along the lines of, he was talking about Baron Trump. Yeah. Baron Trump. Uh, <laughs> but he was saying he didn't want his Baron to play. He didn't want to play. Yeah. That's kind of compassionate. Yeah. Okay. Even though he's the one on Twitter talking about how soft the NFL's gotten, how you can't hit anybody anymore, all this stuff. Oh my God. But we okay. don't even want to get it down. Well, we cannot, yes, huge, we can't go to Trump. Huge thing. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh-huh. Some of my listeners might be pro Trump. Yes, pro Trump. <laughs> hey, like, we, gave a good, that, we gave a good example of Trump. For the pro Trumpers out there. Trump. Yes. Jeez. For the anti Trumpers out there. You know, you already know. I always okay. assume like when I'm when I'm lecturing and there's like you know 80 people in class or something, and observers, I'm always just assuming that everybody in LA or all actors must be anti-Trump. But then yeah. I realize like no, that probably isn't the case. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah, there's um, a lot of um, I can't think of the actor's name. Scott Bale's out there. <laughs> there's a few, <laughs> a few Scott Bale's, and uh, you know, I, go, I don't think those people <laughs> stay at our studio that long because I'm so socially politically. Oriented, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, listen. I think healthy debate is fine. Totally. I think yeah. some of these things. Did you see that Ellen Page uh, interview? Mm-hmm. I can send it to you. It's really, it's so powerful. She was on the Stephen Colbert show. Okay. Yeah. Uh, last week, and she she breaks down. It's just so in the moment. Talk about in the moment. She just starts talking about like <clears throat> uh, climate change is where she starts and saying like you know she doesn't see it in the media. She's right. I'm always railing against, like, I don't know why we're not talking about this. And she's like, it's not a debate anymore. And then she segues into like, uh, governor Pence and how, and, and Trump about, you know, their policies are so homophobic. Mm -hmm. And as a gay woman, you know, for her, and, and she has that show gaycation where Mm -hmm. she's, been all over the world and seen people prosecuted and assaulted for being gay. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah, it's on Vice. Wow. Yeah, she's I thought really, when you said that, I thought something you way thought different about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you wrote it down, I was like, oh, God, oh goodness. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. it's a really political show about what's wow. it like to be gay in, like, Afghanistan. Yeah. Or, you know, India or something. But anyway, um, so it's really, it's really powerful because she's using her platform to really move, I think... You know, she's, I think, I think, 
listen, it's, it's, I often believe that the, the world we're living in now, as Ar Darren Aronofsky says, is like, as a filmmaker, he's saying there is no reason to make anything except to promote social change. And I do feel like actors have a great opportunity with platforms to really advocate for things that are really important. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's one. I need to be better at advocating for the, you know, I, I've just gotten into this rut where I do feel like, especially on social media and other aspects of my life where I'm just, I'm just too afraid of being judged. You know what I'm saying? Like, it. or not being perfect enough or uh -huh. like people seeing the loose ends and be like, but is he serious? Or, you know, I don't know right. why, but I'm getting to a place in my brain and it's taken time where. I'm just going to apologetically be me and not give a fuck about what people think Bravo. and advocate for what I feel is important and share things that I care about. Yeah. I've kind of gotten caught into this crux of like, well, what do they want? That's and right. I'm just like, I can't. And so it feels too authentic, un inauthentic to me. And that's why I'm not actively doing it. Cause I'm like, it, it this used to be about me. And then when you get a lot of followers and stuff, and you start thinking like, okay, yes. well, I better be careful because I'm weird and I say things that are crass sometimes huh. and maybe they won't think that's as cool as I think it is. But I'm just like, the people who really have success, the people actually really love to, to be around and to stand and to follow their work are the people who are being themselves and not caring about what the rest that's of the world totally thinks. It. You know? I mean, I get those things that you're saying too. I think it's a really interesting point. I haven't, we haven't talked about this in the podcast before about sometimes the obligations you have you feel like you have to fulfill working on a show or the corporation behind it or the network and mm -hmm. you know it's like it's like the olympics in a way like the olympics uh i'm friends with some olympic athletes and you know they have talked about how it's very difficult for them to have a voice because the olympics basically curates everything that they can post they, what they can say wow. yeah. the things that they advertise about on their own page it's wow. all kind of like sort of done for them so it's mm. interesting I'm kind of hearing some studios are starting to go oh, really? go that route too a little yikes. bit yikes where they're trying that's to curate scary, everything right? that's being said because then then now we start to move into mm, I don't know like the sort of whitewashing of like opinions yeah you know what I mean of like yeah. homogenizing letting the media again dictate the stories that are being told as opposed to people who are advocates for things telling stories that the media picks up on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's just making sure that you have your little perfectly tied bow and everyone under it is just like... But mm -hmm. it's just... Yeah. Well, you have a daughter. How old is your daughter? She's 12. I also oh have a gosh. son, too. My son, oh lives, my, my son lives in Indianapolis with his mom. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And Mike Pence State. Mike Pence State. I'm from State. Indiana. Really? Did we not, I did, <laughs> no, whoa. I lived in Hammond for a little bit. Oh, my God. I, I mean, I'm from Chicago, but, okay. like, my uh, pops. My Actually, my... This is... The, okay, I have to break this down a little bit. So, my real father died when I was nine. He okay. was born in 1933. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. It's okay. Uh, but he had nephews and one of my nephews in particular his name was Larry one of his nephews sorry Larry was about 20 years older than me he had children my age and whatnot so he's the person when I refer to pops is the person oh, who basically started raising me uh -huh. from like 11 on up you know what I'm saying I was living with him and he actually uh he was super religious and was married and had two kids but then he came out to his wife you know, 13 years into marriage and, you know, he's a, uh, whoa, yeah. Okay. So he's a gay man and he's like, but you know, this is the person proud. That, yeah, proud has okay. a boy. I mean, they are, they should be married by now, but him okay. and his boyfriend, Kevin have been together for about 12 years now and all that's like that. So, whoa. you know, but this is the, this is the man that like raised me from like 11 to was like, that hard for you? No, it was pretty dope. Cause I didn't have, <laughs> you know, what was really cool for me was that, um, all these great men came into my life for my, Father Pats, my sister's father, Genus, made sure I had every video game system uh -huh. for Christmas that all uh -huh. my friends were like coming on miles. We were very poor, mind you. Uh, and then uh, Larry, who I call Pops, uh, just made sure that I had some semblance of like being a man. Like he was very masculine, yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Very masculine. I, n I didn't know he was gay until I was about 13. And he called, like he had a mortgage company, he was like successful working at the money store, making like 200000 a year in like 96, whatever that uh -huh. time was, you know? Um, and so he comes to his office and he's like, Hey, I want to tell you something. Uh, you know, Robert, my friend I was like, yeah, your friend Rob, you guys hang out. Yeah, whatever. You know, <laughs> I was just thinking like, Rob's cool, man. I love yeah. your friend Rob, you know, oh not thinking anything about it. 
he's like, uh, we're gay. He's my lover. He's my special friend. My special friend. <laughs> and he told me, I, this always stuck with me. He's like, the only difference is today you know, yesterday you didn't. Oh. That's it. And I was like, totally. Yeah. I love Larry. He was great. I mean, he is still great. He is still it's great. That's very yeah. great. Also, because like in the black community, maybe more so back yeah. then. It's toxic know, masculinity yes, on the down low. Yeah. You know oh yeah. Mean? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know. Yeah. My sister-in-law. So my 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 sister-in-law is black, and my brother is obviously white, and they're <laughs> raising the daughter together. Mm-hmm. But she, the the daughter was born from her dad, who obviously really struggled with his sexuality and then left the marriage and okay so mm-hmm. so I just think it's really interesting like the sort of shame around yeah. and the having to keep things quiet I mean yeah. it happens in all cultures but mm-hmm. it, it, that is a, a and, phenomenon and then right? in America too you see how black trans people are being like attacked at different oh, yeah. levels yeah. you know and yeah. it's like I remember reading that one story where the guy boiled the hot water oh God. and poured it oh, on his girlfriend's son oh, who's just sleeping. Oh, I did see that. Well, I news... play a gay character oh, on a TV on, show. On show. And, you know, I have gotten, like, hate speech and, oh, you know... Because you play a gay character. Because I play a gay character, Whoa. simply. Yeah, you know, so I've, I've been called everything on the sun, on social media. I'm and, sorry. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm a... Know, it doesn't still... bother me. I've been dealing with bullies and things like that my entire life. Like even when I was in high school, um, I was never the. Uh, I was just never hood enough because uh-huh. I was in an all black school too. Okay. So their aspect that's oh he's not hood he must be gay uh-huh. or you like know street you mean? right yeah I was or never street I was never like edgy yeah dangerous yeah that's uh-huh. that's exactly what I'm trying to say uh-huh. where. You know, all these other people. And, and there were other people in my category, too, that they were like, oh, these guys are the nerds or whatever. But You're the for some one. reason, they called me Fabio. You know what I'm saying? The guys in school. Like, which I'm like, isn't Fabio attractive and don't women love him? But they're like, no, we don't mean it like that. We mean it because you're gay. And I'm like, okay, whatever, man. Oh, but, you know, at the same time, I'm being raised by this gay man. and But I, and to me, gay was never a thing of like, oh, that's a slur. You heard right. me. Oh, my God. I was right, like, right. dude, so I, I, I didn't really care. But it was just funny that, you know, they treated me as if that, though, still. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, whatever, you know. Um, but it's just sad that we can't let people simply love who they want to love in this country without feeling so upset. And it's it's all righteous indignation a lot of times because, like, they won't get upset with a sailor kissing a girl right. <laughs> when we win the war. It's like, yeah, yeah go, go. But yeah. that standard of just letting two people be in love and just be who they are somehow gets under their skin which is like but that doesn't I mean I think you know it's like if people are taught to hate you know what I mean yeah then hate becomes it's generational it's passed down you know what I mean because children innately are loving beings like Mm -hmm. somebody has to tell them oh this gay person is different than you or a black yeah. person is different than you because yeah. their skin color you know what mm-hmm. I mean I think it's an interesting time because I think lots of people like to think America is so and we are very forward thinking and mm-hmm. consciousness based and you know free in many yeah. ways and yet also I think what's interesting about this administration is this bringing forth how not advanced yeah. we are in, many, yeah. in, the, in, in a human way yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think if there's any positive to look at from this administration, it is the fact that we have to shine a light directly on what America also is. Uh-huh. Yeah. That we can't run away. Or like history. so many people were so sleep, right? Before yeah, Trump right. became... That's they, right. they had like so many of these young people like that I've been doing improv with. So they're right. like, Obama's been the president, dude. Everything's great. This is right. America. Then it's like Trump against president. I'm like, oh yeah, remember? Right. This is America too. Yeah. You know, and especially... I feel like America for someone who grew up in the projects. You know what I'm saying? That's Trump's America right now has always been my America in a way. I've gotten away from it in the aspect of like, you know, uh, finding communities and people to actually accept me for me and not treat me in those ways. But just growing up in that community, you know, we, we felt 
even though I still I, like, I loved life, I was a happy kid. I wasn't like I wasn't like walking out being like, "This is the ghetto." Right. Oh boy, here another day. You know, I was like, "This is my home. This is what I know is, is my life. I don't know any different." You know, so but still, we were the people who were going to get Section Eight and Public Aid and food stamps and not having full meals every night. You know, what I'm saying when I went to sleep. So we were we were always going through the recession. You know, what I'm saying there was no. Uh, Getting out of that, on top of the fact that we were terrorized in our communities mm-hmm. by gangs and things like that. You know, I've had people close to me killed. You know, I survived a, a drive-by shooting when I was, like, 21 and when I was living on, like, 57 in Calumet. I had to dive behind the store's, um, what was that, the counter. Okay, I'm well, back there with the store owner, bullet hole through his, through his little wooden like piece that. in there. The guy who I played basketball with. Just the dude from the hood got shot in the leg, you know, so bullets came through our house. So, you know, we dealt with a lot of just social, economical strife, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but even with all that, I still loved my life, mm-hmm. you know, I had police raid my house once, you know, I mean, so we really, you know, I, I just say all this to say that I'm glad people are waking up mm-hmm. to the other aspects of America to the criminal justice reform mm-hmm. things that are happening and, and that's just the first step that's not that I'm happy that that happened but there is so much more we need to do because mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest epidemics happening in America and in my community in particular is single households but you look at the stats across the board in single households you're just lowering the percentage of your children having a better shot making it. Mm-hmm. You add single households, extreme poverty, and violence into a, a, a pot, and I'm thankful that so I came mean, from that. You single know? parent household. Yeah, yeah. single parent household. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Or I, I mean, but, I would need to but, see the stats on the father, but yes. you know, if it was raised by a single father, I just think yeah. two people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Help creates family. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that then then that goes back to the what is the definition of family? Like, why does it matter if two gays are raising? a child that they love yeah. as opposed to a man and a woman or two women. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's very interesting. Like, I think it's just the partnership. Yeah. That, cause raising a kid is brutal. Yeah. Brutal. You know, I'm raising these two and I'm so thankful to have these parents that really care about them and love them and yeah. doing the best they can to make sure that they're having as good as life as possible. And that we're able to, even though we're not together to be able to try to work it out to make it, work for them. Mm-hmm. So even if it is a single parent household situation, we're both still partners in trying to make sure that they have everything they can hang, have everything they can to put their best foot forward in life. You Do know? your kids want to act? My daughter wants to act right now. Oh, oh man. I know. I'm like, oh brother. <laughs> She's starting to feel it. Uh, my son wants to DJ. Okay. Like he's in a DJ and have right now we just got him like a DJ set for Christmas. Okay, cool. So he's 13. Yeah. I don't know if I said that. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's 13. She's, and 12. she's 12. And they'll be 14 and 13 this year, which is like Whoa, the teens. nuts. The teens. Oh man. Your whole life is going to be turned upside down. Oh yeah. It's true. Oh yeah. Especially a girl teenager. Oh boy. You're not. But I think if she, and listen, I think it will be interesting. Well, first of all, you know, great school. She yeah. wants to start. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, you know. You guys do kids too, right? Yeah. We have okay. a youth program. Okay. Yeah. 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 She'll look into um, that. Um, she's 12 and she's five foot five. Well, you're super tall. Yeah. So, so she's like oh. very slim. I'm like, I need to probably get her into modeling or something. You know what I'm saying? Cause they would eat that up. If she wants to do it. She, you know she's I mean? saying that she's starting to say that she wants to do it more right now, but I'm still very just, I know you're a dad. I'm like, I don't it's know, you know? Yeah. Well, if you need any help. Yeah. I go, so tell us then. Okay. So you had a hard life growing up and then you, well, I say but no, I hard, grew up in a hard environment, hard, yes. but I had a great life great, growing up. Yes. I yeah. get it. Uh-huh. I get it. Yes. Mm-hmm. The environment in which you grew up was hard street life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. Yeah. So then when did you come to LA? How did that all unfold? I, I moved to LA in 2009. So this okay. is my 10 year anniversary okay, in wow. October. Okay. My 10 year anniversary. Um, I, I was a child actor. I, I would act for, um, regional theater okay. in Chicago and places in Illinois and stuff like that under this agency called Kids Are People Too. So I've been doing that since I was like 12 and like getting paid thousands of dollars to like be the lead in different shows. I was like, this is crazy. A very unorthodox way. This lady named Cassandra Parker just had a wild idea, a little bit of money. She's like, let's do it. Okay. Um, so that was something I was doing like all through high school. Like I had work permits to go like 30 days at a show. And so it was pretty crazy. Okay. Um, tutoring and stuff like that. Uh, and then... 
outside of that, um, I started doing college and things like that. And then I kind of fell off from acting. I had two kids. I was just kind of focused on raising them. Uh, and then about 2007, was it like 24 or something like that? I started being like, you know, I gotta, I'm an actor. Like I've been, I've been since I was four years old, I'm like, I'm an actor. I'm going to be Jim Carrey. I want to be Will Smith. I want to do that. So that was always in my heart and my dream, you know? Uh, I didn't know any of the ways. I didn't know how to get an agent when I was a kid right. and how to go out for a commercial audition yeah, yeah. and stuff like we didn't know these things we were from the hood you know just like we don't know we don't <laughs> no, no. have this knowledge yeah. um, but I started bartending oh, no wait I started working at Blockbuster Video okay. trying to convince this as best possible this lady came in and was like I love your personality what do you like what do you do are you an actor and I was like yeah I'm an actor but I just haven't gotten she's like I'm gonna help you I'm gonna help you I need to you, I gotta get you gotta get out there she's an actor she helped me get my resume together. Amazing. Helped me, like, meet a couple people. I met with Ford models. They didn't represent me, but they repped my child. So that was okay. great. I was like, they were like, your son's beautiful. We'll rep him, but okay. not you. I was like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. You took one. That's good. Uh, so I started working at Blockbuster. I, I was working at Blockbuster Video. That led to me getting a bartending job because the owner came in there and thought I was great. It was like, you want a bartender? I was like, absolutely. I started doing that. I met this girl. She And I met this guy, Corey Gibbons, who still works. He works on tons of projects. He's been a modern family for five years. Okay. Well, we met Chicago bartender. He was my bar back. Uh-huh. And this girl named Marissa, she was just a patron, but she became a hip-pocketed junior agent at this little commercial place. So okay. those two, she gave me, she got me a commercial agent. He would just call me up to random things in Chicago, random shoots he was working on. I came in. He's like, you may want to be in a commercial. Call me up. I came downtown, said one word. I was in a national spot that paid me like seventy thousand dollars. Right. It was nuts. It was a townhouse cracker commercial. They ran it for two years. They ran the crap out of it. The only thing I said in the commercial was, "Wow, that's it." And then it was like yeah. Leo Burnett, no agency fees, no nothing. It was yeah. like, holy Those crap. Those were the days. Those were the days. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then her, I started booking commercials and okay. stuff like that. So I saved up enough money. And I was like, I have to try to move to L.A. I have to just see if I can make anything happen out there. Because mm-hmm. if I didn't do it, I'd hate myself for the rest of my life. And so in 2009, I did it. It was really tough. Um, I struggled pretty mightily for the first two years. Yeah, I yeah. got into improv oh. like crazy. Uh, but that, that was the thing. I found improv out in L.A. And that blew me away. Took over my whole life. It gave me a sense of like peace and home. I started working at New Mommy Burger, which was also a huge, yeah. huge life-changing thing. And, like, that kind of thing about persistence, like, I called them every two weeks for eight months to get that job. Oh, wow. Okay. And then eight months, he was like, come in okay, tomorrow. Come in. I'm like, what? Okay, great. Cool, dude. Awesome. And it was the best that. job I've ever had. Okay. It was the funnest job. And this lady, very similar to what happened to me in Chicago at Blockbuster Video, came in one day. I was serving her. And she was like, are you an actor? And I'm like... Well, yeah, yeah, but I'm not like in anything. She's like, you got to be my agent. You don't have an agent? And I was like, I, I, well, I have one, but I haven't booked anything. You know, she's like, you got to be my agent. I'm like, sure, sure, sure. She gave me information. Never called her. A month later, you know, I come to work. And the boss is like, hey, this lady left a note for you. She came in again. Whoa. Didn't see me, but she left a note. Echo, please call me. I'm telling you, you need to be my agent. Whoa. I was like, okay, fine. I'm your agent. I went in, commercial agent. Met her, signed with them in April. By April next year, I had booked 13 national spots. Whoa. So it was just that kind of thing where it's just like... You have guardian angels. I know. It because feels like, like that. You're like, I'm not going to call. But yeah. isn't it interesting how we do that? Like, we self-sabotage. Like, yeah. you know. So you started with commercials. And then how did you find us at the school? Well, um... I booked a series. Uh, I, I started so like all the, everything started coming together. Yeah, I got yeah, on yeah. a UCB Herald team or whatnot. Okay. My best friend who I met in level two at IO, uh-huh. uh, Nate K. Wood, we were roommates too. So okay. we, we, we met first two months of moving out here. We were roommates. We became like besties. He started going to your school. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And he started telling me about how amazing it was. And I was, I was like, really? He's like, dude. Okay. I was like, that sounds like, because what I didn't love about, other schools and I mean not to knock any other schools or anything like that but I was just like I don't want to go home and let's meet for four hours and really beat this scene out and really like just I am very much in that improv world where like I like feeling free up there like I like cold reading like give me a cold read please every single time because their expectations are lower and I will blow (laughs) them out of the sky because I just like it I've had offers off cold reads before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I just, 
that's just what I learned is like my kind of like feel because I don't get to tell myself what I'm going to do. Right. It just comes. And, and also on set, essentially, what you've learned 100%. working on the show is like, yeah, you maybe block stuff or whatever, but like, it's kind of, you don't, there's not a lot of prep going yeah, on. Yeah, there's no you show up on oh set. Oh God. Right? You take it scene by I literal see. scene. And it's like, Let's try okay, like yeah, I'm not yeah. worried about that scene. Yeah. Like a lot of times right. I'm like, I don't even know those lines about yeah. that scene see, because this scene learn, is so intense and we're going to figure this out. You know? I, I, we really teach kind of how the real working world works. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, in conjunction with, I love UCB, I love Brown, I love, mm-hmm. love all improv stuff. But so then, yeah, I heard you broke a chair in class. Oh my night. God, yeah. <laughs> you know what? You, you got to write me a check for that. I need to way. write you a check. Jesus. But can I say that? What scene were you As doing? I was doing the tape, the scene from tape. Okay. The Mel Mel yeah, yeah, scene. Yeah. Uh, it, it just, it felt. Jonathan said it was amazing. It, I felt out of body. Like it was so. Scott was acting against me. He's this British guy, and okay. he was oh Scott Wagstaff. Yes, he's yes. amazing. Oh my god, Scott's amazing. I I I almost felt like I blacked out for a second Whoa. because I it was just felt yeah he's there. He's oh totally my god, there. he's been at our London school for many years. Like kid has grown so, so much, much. Yeah. and and I hadn't felt that way through material in a long, long time. time, years probably, where like I was like transformed into it. So. When I did kick that chair, which I'm like, oh my, like, as soon as the scene ended, I'm like, holy fuck, what just happened? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. Because people, like, people were, like, actually scared. They, yeah. like, were, like, the intensity of that character in the moment. We're also a big guy. So and I'm a big like, guy. And so they were scared for him. Boy. They were scared, yeah. not scared of me, they were scared for Scott. Scott probably they thought Scott was going to get him. killed. <laughs> like, and a part of me, I did feel like I was going to tear him apart. Yeah. Of course, my actor self so knew course. I wasn't going to no. tear him apart. But that's... But Echo, that's the yeah. kind of work. That's that's it. Yeah. You know, as Marlon Brando said, if you're doing a scene and you're really listening, mm-hmm. and somebody, your scene partner in the play tells you "I love you," you will fall in love. Yeah. If they tell you "I hate you," you will want to, you know, be their enemy. Yeah. Or he says yeah. that. So, you know what I mean? It's true. If you're really listening, mm-hmm. yeah, you do want to tear someone apart. Yeah. But we also know it's just acting. Yeah, you know what I mean? totally, totally. But I mean, that's a, a good um, segue to just talk briefly about. So, I mean, you've been successful on this show, but it's interesting being on a show has its own traps, right? Because yeah. you start to, you especially if you're a series regular, you know how a show runs, so you aren't necessarily tested in ways. You're tested with within the parameters of how a show works, yeah. but you're not always tested. And that's great because those yeah. are different skills you're learning mm-hmm. and you need those skills. Mm-hmm. But you're not always tested emotionally or, you know what I mean, yeah. creatively maybe. Yes. Creatively especially. I feel like when, um, first of all, Arrow is an amazing show. show. I love it. I Absolutely. watched it. it was, it's fucking phenomenal. But at the end of the day, it is kind of a procedural with a superhero right. element. That's right. Right? So it is a little... And I, I come, I play my part, I never complain. I'm like, boom, boom, boom. I'm not like going to him like, can this dialogue change? I'm just like that. Look, you guys are writers. Right. I, Thomas Lennon taught me that when we were on this show together years ago. He said, I don't ask questions that go. Mm-hmm. I just show up, I do my work. And I was like... I like that. I like, I don't want to be the rabble rouser. You know right. what I'm saying? I like, I want to trust the writers. Of course, if there's something that's like, oh, wait, wait, whoa, that doesn't make sense. Cause last week, like if it's really warranting it, I will say something. But I know a lot of people who were like, I wouldn't say the right there. <laughs> nope. That says the, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. oh, oh my God. Um, but you know, I just am very much in that zone. So creatively I do, there's other things, you know, I've, I love comedy, first yeah, of all. Yeah, like being yeah, a comedian yeah. and making people laugh. So in that show, he is kind of a light touch in the show. Uh-huh. But it is a drama. Yeah. You know, and it's serious. I love drama too. I'm not gonna say yeah. I don't love drama. But when you're going through the, you know, twenty three episodes, you're in, you're out, I think you're right in that sense that you can kind of get a little complacent in that mm-hmm. aspect. And um, you know, there there were ways that I was just looking like, oh, I just need to broaden out creatively in any other way possible because it does start feeling like work. Yeah. It's like, it's my job. Right. This is my job. This is my job. Yep. Got to go to work today. Got to be, you know. Yeah. Even though you're working your dream job. Yep, of course. Um, you're doing what you prayed and hoped to get to do your yep. entire life. Yep. But it, it's really funny how 
that can even just start feeling like work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, when you've been doing it for a while. Um, I think that's also why, I mean, it's harder for you because it's 23 episodes, so that's a full, you know, like you said, nine or 10 months. But it's like, that's why you go and you're either back in class or you're working on an independent film or yeah, you go and yeah. do an off-Broadway show or, oh, you know, man. because you, we have to keep stretching all the different muscles. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. it is a... It is fascinating to me when actors get what they wish for, but then realize, okay, this is part of maybe the bigger wish. You yeah. know, it's an important part. Yeah. And you learned and it got so many great skills by doing it. You know what I mean? So many great fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, I'm so thankful for this part. It has been life-changing. Yeah, of course. In a lot of ways. Um, financially, I mean, yeah, everything. Just, you know, yeah. working, you know, 80 episodes on a show pays bills, you yeah. know. Um, but now you're you're ready for like, you know... I'm ready for what's next. Black Panther, too. Yeah. And or, you know what? Right now, that that was my biggest thought process into the events that have occurred in my life yeah, recently. Yeah. I don't want to miss that yeah. chance to be in something like that. Like, you know, and, and it feels like right now is where the industry is really like, yeah, we are listening. Really okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, exciting, yeah. Right now. And so... Being able to be the lead in different things that we've never had the ability to even be thought of in that capacity so feels like such a, it would feel like such a wasted opportunity to yeah. not put myself out there to see what happens. I mean, yeah, the financial security and all that stuff is great, but, but you've got to keep risking. Yeah. And you've got to leap. you got to Security is its own sort of death that we're not. Yeah, mindful about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Because you do 10 years on that show. Right. And, and some people want that. And it's and that's great. great. You know yeah. I, mean? I know people have been on soaps for many years, and that's Absolutely. great. But, but let me ask you a quick question. Then yes. we probably have to, I mean, yeah, I love sure. talking to you. No, but, yeah. Um, like, contractually, you just were not able to, like, go out on other jobs then, right? So I mean, it's well, hard for you if you're, if you're committed 10 months. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the time. Yeah. And you have no... If, if it had been... These are the days you're shooting for the next 10 months. Yeah. This is what it is. That's not how this industry works, though, yeah. right? Yeah. You figure out where you're shooting the day before for the next eight days, and that stuff is changing and intertwining all the time. Just like scenes and words are, you'll be coming on set studying all those lines from yeah. last night, and they're like, hey, blue pages, everything changed. And you're like, okay, we got to shoot this right now. You know, just like you said, right? So the thing is, is oh, wait, what, what was my point? We were just talking about... You're not really your schedule doesn't allow. Oh yeah, no like, schedule. Yeah. So you were. I just wasn't able to yeah. do anything else yeah. because I just didn't have the availability yeah. to do it. So that's really what it boiled well, down to. I think to. it's risky that you're moving yeah. on to what's yeah. next. Yeah, what's next? But that's why we're here. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and just, honestly, but on the planet, as much know? as I love that job, and yeah, I am talking about the fact that I'm leaving Arrow now. Whatever. Um, I'm happier. Right now, yeah, I'm happier being at home with my daughter. I'm yeah. happier just driving through the city, yeah, and not feeling like, oh, I gotta be, you know, like there was a certain tense, especially with flying so much. You miss one flight, you cost you're the done. studio fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, so you're yeah. like that too stress. on your back. The stress, <laughs> like that's been yeah. a great thing. I'm like, I fulfilled my contract with yeah. them. We are good. I didn't mess up. They yeah. think I'm a good worker. Perfect. Good yeah. job, guys. Yes. We really did a good one. I'll see you guys on the next one. So right. that's like really where I'm looking at it from. And I want to create my own path. That's why I want to do more directing, more writing. I'm doing music now, too. So okay. I'm just amazing. Like the creative, I'm just, I, I want to do that type of stuff, you know? Uh -huh. So, well, you are doing it. Yeah. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Well, I go, let's, I mean, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> I mean, really, seriously, I've had such great guests. Like, totally inspiring. You're really inspiring. And I'm sure you're like an amazing dad. Oh. And you're, I'm sure your daughter is just like, Really inspired. And try. Yes. <laughs> so I like to do the speed round. Okay. Yes. Okay. These are silly, silly questions. Except the last one is really great. Okay. If you weren't an actor, what would you be? Uh, computer technician. Oh Jesus! I know. Okay. Wait, can I pick another art form? I'm, no, I, I'm taking all art, art away. Ah. What's your favorite film of all time? I don't know. Just what's a favorite film? Um, you know, I'll say Citizen Kane. Citizen okay. Kane. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen that in a long time. Mm -hmm. Are you just trying to say that to be sound already? No, cool? no, because I okay. watched that seven years ago. What was it? Two thousand and eleven. Because that was and it blew, blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. It was no, so it was good. Because I had never known the Rose Blood stuff. Oh, also, yeah, so yeah. I realized like, all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. We won't give it away if you haven't. Seen <laughs> it. Um, what's something you can't do without? Uh, my iPad. Okay. Mm -hmm. Who's a celebrity crush? 
Mm, you're trying to get me in trouble with my girl. I can't say it was like no. Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Okay. Margot Robbie. It's okay. Margot Robbie. You still love your girl. <laughs> is your girlfriend an actress? Yeah. She oh, is. Jesus. Okay. But yeah, no, it, it is. It's a different guy. It is. It is. Believe me, <laughs> she probably. <laughs> no, her celebrity crush is Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay, so I see, don't feel bad. Right, so don't worry. You know. uh, how would you describe acting in one word? Exhilarating. Oh, great word. What's something you learn or you're learning from the school? Um, how to drop into just being me in a lot of aspects because me works and I think so much we're trying to be something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Echo, I think you're also, you know, as you get older too, you start to realize like you're very full and you don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. Scared to trust that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That. You know, real quick, my friend said something really interesting to me. And I'm going to say exactly what he said verbatim. Yeah. Like I said, this is my friend since I was a kid. But you know, I was just talking about something. I was like, man, I just don't know. What if, what if this doesn't work out? What if, like, he was like, where's your confidence, nigga? Like, that's the literally the first <laughs> really, to me. He and he literally picked it up. I was like, right, I'm fucking awesome. Yeah. Why am I in any way, shape, or form doubting myself or my abilities yeah. because of anything? And, and he, that's his way of literally saying right, that. that. He's very yes, blunt about it. Yes. But I needed to hear it like that. I needed to hear it because he, he's like, dude, I'm here working, blah, blah. You out here on TV shows yeah. and blah, blah. I was like, like dude, where well, you at? It? That's always why it's great to have a friend like that. Yeah. Who like, but no, to have a friend who mirrors back to you what we can't see yeah. when we get in our head and freak out about something. And they're like, um, you're doing amazing. You're yeah. going to be fine or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, totally. But yes, I think you start to trust, I think the journey for all of us is trust, we don't have to work so hard. In the work, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, What's your definition of love? That's how I like to end the podcast. Uh, My definition of love is sacrificing yourself. Beautiful. Yeah. I can see that being a dad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is where I get my guests to cry. <laughs> I can kind of see it. Yeah. I always just... See, I'm going to totally start crying. I always just say, for me, this definition of love is right now. Just yeah. this moment. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's all we have. All moments. It's true. So, Echo, thanks for coming today. Thanks for having really me. appreciate it. Got yeah, heavy in some moments. Sorry about that. No, it's beautiful. <laughs> and then just tell our listeners like where they can follow you or find you or what's next. Or Yeah, um, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter. I feel so like gross saying something. Follow me on blah, blah. Yeah, I'm Echo Kells on Instagram, Echo K on Twitter. Sometimes I do. Get ready for an awakening on my social media okay. one of these days. So if you follow me, you're going to be like, he was right. Wow, he's really being him. Okay, that's weird. I still like it. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Other things coming up. I'm going to be putting music out very soon and not like in the next year, six months, next year, something like that. So I'm really excited for that. I've been recording things, setting some things up and um, yeah. And you're auditioning. And I'm auditioning. Writing and directing is in my gym. I just shot a short that we're going to try to get submitted to festivals and everything. So that's really my main focus right now. I mean, audition, I feel like that's going to come and that's really out of my hands. But these two things I can control. So while you're doing, while you're waiting for that, you're creating this. Yes. It's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. (laughs) 